And there you have it, the very famous popular dance pop anthem by Cher, Believe, or also as the refrain goes, Do You Believe in Life After Love, a song that critics said we can't believe it took people so long to come up with a, 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 a song that made losers feel like winners, and, and if anyone was going to do it, it was going to be Cher. So I'm curious as to why, uh, what, how that song came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I might have intimated, maybe sometimes we're just losers who need to feel like winners. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and it really it ties into what I've been <laughs> doing this week, which is uh, just really feeling like a loser. Uh, just today, I was out there walking with my dog to say nothing of this ridiculous code build that keeps failing on me, but that's a story for never. Wow. Um, I was walking my dog and uh, I've been feeling kind of poorly about the pandemic. And, um, and just as I was walking, I found myself caught in this moment where I was just fantasizing about food I had eaten in the past year. Oh. And yes, and, and just at this particular moment, I caught myself. I said, am I seriously, viscerally recalling that time I ate fried shrimp heads in Seattle, Bob? <laughs> that, that is when I realized it had gone too far. Um, I had, um, and I remembered this has happened to me before. Uh, once upon a time, I, I went to a 10-day silent meditation retreat Bob, have you ever been on a on a, a spiritual retreat? Uh, I had. I was forced to go on one when I was in high school. Whoa. Uh, but let's just say I wasn't an active participant, so I didn't. Uh, I don't think I basically took uh, from the experience what somebody would take if they were um, motivated and going willingly. I would say, but technically, yeah. technically, I have been on one. Okay. Well, yeah, as you say, it's a bad sign when uh, when you're being forced to go on one. It's time to check your surroundings and ensure your safety. But um, I, I willingly went on this 10 day silent meditation retreat. And after like in the, somewhere in the first two or three days of just communication deprivation where you weren't allowed to speak, nobody spoke to you, you weren't able to make eye contact or send written signals or anything, your, your brain kind of goes crazy and you start replaying all of these movies you've seen, food that you've eaten, songs that you've heard, because you just can't handle the lack of input anymore. And so uh, there I was thinking this morning about these shrimp heads, and I realized 
it was a lot like that time I went crazy at the meditation retreat and um and 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 you know what as as Cher says you know what uh, you really you know you're not good enough and I feel like I, I the pandemic I've I've had it and just because I can't do the things I used to do before is no excuse to wallow in the things that I did. And so that's just kind of been, and you know what, when you need an anthem, you know, shares right there for you. So, there you go. So, I mean, you. I don't know what it says about me, but I, I am very familiar with the shrimp heads that you're talking about. And uh, <laughs> I've thought back to the shrimp heads. <laughs> I've thought back to them regularly. I've thought back to... Uh, uh, some some sushi that was uh, that same restaurant, I think, and some of the mm-hmm. other places. But yeah, I mean, I do that all the time. I don't know what it says about me. Yeah, I, I think it just says that our brains are just a little bit stuck, you know, yeah. that's all. Probably, yeah, but I absolutely have thought back to, to stuff like that. I kind of do it all the time, so it is what it is. So that's, <laughs> uh, that answers my question. I was curious as to uh, why you chose that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, well, how are you doing outside of that? <laughs> oh, outside of, uh, outside of the shrimp heading. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's been all right. My dog has been digging, you know, it's, I find it hilarious that we are in the extremes of weather. I apparently people have been up to the one thirties, but in my neck of the woods, we are in like the high seventies. It is so nice. Low eighties, 83 degrees. Me and my dog have been out there just like walking everywhere. Chill. Yeah, it's been per- it's been perfect up here too. I mean, I'm a little bit north of you, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been nice. It's been really uh, really pleasant. I've just been you know uh, hanging out outside a little bit as much as I can. Um, every time I can get out for a few, it's been it's been nice. I don't handle the heat well. I mean, I'm my uh, complexion i'm super 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 pale so i don't i don't like the i don't like the sun all that much in the heat but uh this has been quite nice i've enjoyed this so yeah it's been it's been good up here oh excellent so what have you been up to now that uh outside of your your excursions where your fair fair skin will not be charred by the death star exactly yeah i uh so i have been um going back to what we were talking about last week uh i did experiment with a couple of uh some more meal services because i know that we like those and i've been doing the sun basket has been my my recent one Mm -hmm. um so i think since we last spoke about this topic i have explored two of them one is hungry root and the other is sunbasket. Mm-hmm. I might have mentioned the hungry root in passing, but that is a no-go for me. I <laughs> liked the idea because it was largely plant-based and uh, healthy, and um, it did get pretty good reviews. Um, so wait, hungry root's the one that doesn't quite do meals, right? They sell you components, and then you can you know assemble them into a healthy meal. It did. It did have recipes that came along with it, and some mm-hmm. of it was a little bit more pre-prepared than I even uh, cared for. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty pre-prepared, and at the end of the day, the food just wasn't very good. It was kind of just, it was kind of gross. It had a pretty low <laughs> um, success rate for me. Uh, probably something around sixty percent were okay, oh. but as high as forty were were just not my not my thing. So I decided to can that and i went with um sun basket they have an interesting model it's a little bit more expensive i do have to say i've been happy with the quality that they've 
that they've, uh, as far as the ingredients are concerned. Um, it's been high quality. The recipes have been good. And um, so far, so good. So I'm going to stick with that for a couple more, and then I'm going to move on to the Martha and Marley to try that. Um, that's oh. going to be in a couple of weeks, and we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, maybe I should give Sunbasket a try then, because um, I just finished my chore of Blue Apron. Yeah. And I have to say, I know Blue Apron is probably one of the real trailblazers in this area, but I cannot do it. I just uh -huh. I can't. Um, I had one really great meal out of them, which was like a grilled cheese sandwich that was just really luxurious, right? And I thought, that's amazing. It tasted so good. And I didn't mind the fact that they include everything. Like Blue Apron makes no assumptions. They will send you all the vinegar. They, they even sent me butter, mm -hmm. you know, to cook my, my grilled cheese on. And the thing is, though, they really do far and away have more plastic and leftover um, garbage, really, than any other meal service I've tried. And on top of that, there is just a level of complexity that I do not appreciate about their meals. And I know I had previously criticized, um, I can't remember the last meal service for, for tip, tipping my green beans, right? I was upset about that. And I feel now that I'm Goldilocking my way through, right? Too, too soft, too hard, too pre-tipped. But um, Martha and Marley Spoon, they just, uh, you know, hit a level for me that I, I loved. And Blue Apron, even though they're at the exact same price point, about the same quality of, of produce, in my opinion, uh, Blue, Blue Apron just keeps adding more and more and more. I feel like every component that I prepare just has like creme fraiche and vinegar and garlic and shallots and red. I'm like, ah, wow. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So if, if it's, you know, the complexity is high and they're, and they are shipping every little ingredient with the expectation of you not having anything necessarily that is going to lead yes. to more, you know, waste and trash and all that other kind of thing. Exactly. Just, if just I had a word, simple math. A word Yes, exactly. Uh, my, my final comment for Blue Apron is less is more Blue Apron. In fact, I mean, I, I, I know we just said complexity is high, but I, I would say this. Having complicated flavors does not mean complex mm -hmm. on the palate. And uh, that, you know, and hopefully people understand what I mean by that. You can have nice layered flavors, but that doesn't mean you should be putting literally everything in the pan to yeah. achieve it. Yep. I, I completely, uh, completely understand mm -hmm. what you're saying. And, and in my mind, if I was going to make something that was that detailed and mm -hmm. um, that complex where, where it comes with uh, not flavors, but as far as the raw number of ingredients, I would just make it myself. Um, you know, I would basically find a, a recipe that is something that I was looking to to do, and I would basically assemble and and shop and get everything, uh, mm -hmm. get everything myself. So it's it's um, it's interesting. I'm going to see what Sunbasket uh, does. I mean, there is the level of effort with Sunbasket is definitely less. You can actually mm -hmm. choose uh, levels of complexity. Oh. where you can get everything from more or less a simple heat up to something that is a little bit more in line with maybe Martha and Marley or plated mm -hmm. that I've done before. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm just going to experiment with what is, um, what are my options 
are with that and whether or not I want to move forward with that one. And then I'll try Martha Marley. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah, I just have fun with experimenting these. And then I got a couple of other random things because uh, I mentioned before I'm a sucker for an of the month type club. So I did, <laughs> I did really yeah. sign up for a cheese of the month club. <laughs> oh, the classic cheese of the month. I know. And pray tell, Bob, what gourmet delicacies, what countries, what far landscapes have you been able to sample with your cheeses? Oh, from the far stretches of Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> all the way out to Wisconsin uh, is where they were uh, is where they're actually made. But um, there are styles um, that are, you know, influenced by other parts of the world. So um, one that I got this month was a uh, Dunbarton blue. It's basically a blue cheese. I don't know if you eat blue cheese. I do. I love it. Um, um, I prefer my blue cheese like uh, actually in meals, but mm. I, I don't eat it by itself. Yeah, it's very strong. Right? It is. It's very strong. So normally I would use this in any type of greens or type salad type dishes would be something that mm. I would almost always use uh, blue cheese on, uh, which is what I did use it on. And it was delicious. Um, they also sent me a um, like a plain aged Gouda, you know, that sort of smoke Gouda is Gouda. Gouda is Gouda, that sort of smoky Gouda. <laughs> Um, and then they sent me a cheese that was from, um, based out of the Italian Alps, the, uh, Piave, uh, Vecchio. So I haven't oh. cut into that one yet. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm kind of saving that one cause I think I've had that before and it's, it was really good. So that's what they sent me this month and, um, planning on, uh, knocking those out with room to spare. I don't think they're going to last very long. They're good. They're very good. <laughs> that sounds delish. I mean, I had been eating through uh, like pounds. I've been buying a pounds of guacamole at a time oh, yeah. just as in an effort to put healthy fats in my diet. But, uh, you know, I might uh, might be tempted to segue into some some nice cheese instead. Mm -hmm. it, it hit the it hit the mark. And then in other food news, I sent you a text message on Saturday. I don't know if you mm -hmm. recall, but um, I went to a farmer's market up in the Lancaster area, which is west of Philadelphia. Is that really how you pronounce it? That is how you pronounce it. People from out of town or from out of the area call it Lancaster, but it's oh. really Lancaster is what okay. you would hear locally. Um, see. So that's, it's about an hour away from where I live. But I went to a farmer's market up there and I was walking through and I saw an enormous selection of these really large figs and <laughs> and i uh immediately started to get like you know itchy skin and <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff i was like oh my god it's big so i yeah i can't you know the funny part is i was sitting here and all of a sudden i had a craving for fig newtons mm -hmm. and i was like no pass. Hard, hard pass on the fig newtons <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, that was funny. I got a, a slight chuckle to myself, but I ended up getting some really good um, produce. They have really good corn in that area. The corn is like spectacular for just like you know corn in the cob, like buttered corn. I could just go to town on that stuff. But um, mm. yeah, it was good. It's good stuff. Yeah, that sounds delish. And actually, you just reminded me uh, while we're being very careful about our pronunciations, mm -hmm. I forgot that we we skipped our ritual greeting for for today. Um, you know, I have no idea if we got uh, any other visitors, but uh, from out of country after our last podcast. 
but you know, when when we did those ritual greetings for our visitors from France and from South uh, Africa, South Africa, mm-hmm. yes, yes, hello. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I I forgot that we have a listener who is Polish, and I thought, my God, how could we have forgotten to say hello to our Polish friend out there? And so, as as you know, I did very thorough research. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so may I ask forgiveness in advance as I greet our friend, um, Vitam. That sounds pretty good, I think. I think that sounds pretty good. I... Oh, well, no one will know, but, uh, but him, Oh, so. I'm sure. He'll, he'll tell me. <laughs> Believe me, he'll tell me. <laughs> so there we have it. Hello, uh, Vitam. Uh, welcome to our, our Polish friend who has been faithfully... Uh, uh, critiquing our episodes, uh, we really appreciate. Yes, you. we do, we do. So I'm glad, uh, glad we got an opportunity to uh, to do that. I'm sure. I hope that that sounds the way it's supposed to sound. So he'll let us know. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> now, in other, we were talking about food. I do have a. Um, I know that we have some some PSAs that we wanted to get out for listeners oh, to make yes. sure that you know. Um, we're, we're doing people must know the truth they must know the truth so we are we're trying to do our our duty as good citizens and i i have a psa we're really as who are phoning it in really Bob. <laughs> I, I don't know about good anymore but as people who are phoning it in people are, we want to be yeah. we wanna... <laughs> we're absolutely pho- literally phoning it in as we mentioned before <laughs> Uh, I do have a public service announcement that's food related and this one is a little scary um, oh God! I, is it scarier than fig wasps? Different kind of scary, at least for me. Different scary. I'd say okay. uh, equal footing because oh dear, uh, this would be a a horrible loss if uh, if 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 this actually turned out. But I was on a, uh, the internet going through various papers and whatnot, and I saw a headline that scared me to my core, which was America's favorite pizza topping is starting to get scarce. And this was oh. pepperoni. So pepperoni, uh, their price has gone up as much as 50%. Um, be- what? And, and here's why. It's sort of like a perfect storm that's brewing uh, since pandemic has hit and uh, America has been leaning on comfort foods. The most America, America the most popular America comfort food that we've been uh, gravitating towards <laughs> is pizza. In fact, um, Domino's and um, Papa John's, they have mm-hmm. had quite the tailwind. They've been doing really well uh, throughout this whole process uh, with, with more and more people wearing pizza. And no, I bet it's not just them. It's got to be all the local joints, all, yeah, too, because all I, the locals. I have totally been ordering up from my local Mama Lucia's, mm-hmm. who's run by the lovely Mama Lucia in my neighborhood, and she makes a Sicilian pizza that is just delicious. Nice. I love it. Um, yeah, but I'm sorry, but go well, on. Well, I've been on. I've been certainly hitting up all the local. Um, I I we have an embarrassment of riches in uh, in you know the the Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, that whole area when it comes to pizza. Like all of the locals are just fantastic, and I've mm-hmm. been you know hitting them all up. But it did say uh, pepperoni is America's most beloved pizza topping. Um, I right. tend to get pepperoni on pizza, so you get the demand for pizza is extremely high. And what we've also run into is um, the production of it 
is actually going down. And the reason for that is these pork processing plants and, and, and um, mm-hmm. all the companies that are basically curing the pork for pepperoni, the production is way down because they've actually oh. cut, cut the number of people that are working there and the number of people that are actually able to produce all of this. So we're starting to see a little bit of a perfect storm. And the prices have shot up um, where I did see that uh, one pizza restaurant in New York was at one point in time was paying about four bucks uh, for a pound for their pepperoni. It went up to six uh, in somewhere in thinking South Dakota. It went from two dollars and eighty seven cents a pound and it went up to about four twelve. So it, it, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, dude, it's time. Can we invest in can we invest in pork? Is there a stock? Because I just remember, like, um, I don't know if you remember this, but um, my dog, by the way, has very strong opinions about this. So you may hear her in the background. (laughs) She's Um, hungry. But, like, she's hungry. And I fed her already. But, you know, dogs always want to eat. Um, So I'm going to assume it's about the pepperoni, even though I don't feed that to her. Uh, Spiced meat's probably not a great idea. Okay, but anyway, but beyond meat, like, I don't know if you were tracking this, but when the pandemic first started, beyond meat, stock prices evidently went high so can we invest in pepperoni it's possible so i mean beyond beyond meat was their stock popped when it was rumored that mcdonald's was looking to um serve beyond meat burgers as part of their menu so that would absolutely pop Mm. now i'm wondering i know beyond meat was looking to do things like beyond pork for i think their first target was probably bacon um, if they mm-hmm. could come up with some sort of uh, pepperoni, I think that would do very well. The only yeah. scary part with that would be is, is um, would they, this isn't a, it's not like the root ingredient is the issue. It's not like the, uh, it's, it's, it's not like pig, pigs are, are, are the problem here. It's the actual work that goes into curating it. Oh. So I don't know if, if uh, some sort of um, plant-based product would be reduced when it comes to the amount of labor and if that would alleviate any of this, but um, it's po- I mean, it's Well, possible. stop parsing our, our pepperoni escapist space. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, 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 another option that you could do is uh, you could um, find a solid mutual fund that invests in all of these pepperoni pepperoni mutual fund and if the prices go up yeah you can make some you can make some loot fine you watch me i will i'll find the nicest pepperoni mutual fund i can lay my hands on there's 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 hedge fund managers right now trying to trying to get in on the pepperoni game right now trying to profit off it and just as a note for all of our listeners as you can obviously tell bob and i not uh not financial experts here yeah by a long yeah shot. i'm not i'm not a uh <laughs> I'm not a hedge fund manager, mutual fund manager, or anything like that. <laughs> I'm neither an officer nor a gentleman, yeah. but still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's a good PSA. Um, I'd like to add my own while while you while you're while we're here at PSA land and, and things that are important to people. Uh, mine's not food related, but um, it is no less scary. Um, are you ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to, uh, love to hear what you have to have to say. I'm curious. My ears perked up. Yes. So uh, here's for mine. I don't know if everybody remembers way back when we all used to fly. Boeing released the 737 Max jet. 
the uh, amazing jet that had a, uh, do you remember the name of that computer system they installed? No, but I know which one you're talking about. The one that was responsible for a number of uh, crashes, actually. Yes, yes. Hundreds of passengers died over a course of two accidents, and there were a couple of other incidents. Uh, the game, the uh, the revamped engineering of the Boeing 737 Max um, led them to place the engines in such a configuration that the plane would um, tilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they put in a, a computer module that would enforce an, a downward uh, angle tilt to the flight patterns. But unfortunately, um, through a, a series of errors in communication, documentation, training, and evidently computer problems, um, this wound up in uh, at least two airplanes heading straight for the ground and crashing and killing people. And uh, thus, people stopped flying to fly. The plane was grounded. Um, but there is an update. It turns out Boeing, uh, after apparently uh, fixing the MAX, is now re-releasing it as a 737-8. So for those of us, yes, the 737-8, though there has been some documentation released saying that they may refer to them as 737-10s. So if you are flying, uh, please check your aircraft and see if you are flying in a rebranded 737 MAX. Because believe me, uh, I'm with Cher. We are all too good for this. Let's, uh, you know, I certainly during, uh, around that time, um, I went online because I was flying a good bit, you know, at the time I would, I would go online and, uh, check before I would actually purchase a ticket. You know, you can, you can see what kind of plane they're actually, uh, intending to fly over that route. I was avoiding Mm -hmm. that plane completely. Um, because there were always options for me coming out of uh, the Philadelphia airport. So I was avoiding Mm -hmm. it and that's good to know because I will, um, I mean, I know that they say that it's fixed and that's a computer computer uh, uh, glitch, but I personally would rather go with some other model that has been, you know, six, <laughs> a plane that has been shown not to aim at the ground, not to aim at the ground the over many, many, many years <laughs> over one that was like, eh, I think well, I think this one's fixed. Uh, we'll just call it something new. <laughs> that's right. Well, this sounds like a, a good, good aim. Um, I'm with you. And uh, all right. So what? Uh, now that the, the PSAs are over, hopefully we can be heading for much less scary news and, and on with our, our days. What, what do you think? Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. I saw a couple of interesting uh, things in the news that caught my eye. Um, would you, uh, I mean, we, we don't cover high fashion on this uh, show very much. <laughs> as uh, Well, yes. You know, we we uh we kind of kept it to things like Stitch Fix and and things like this. And pants on real, right? And, and, I remember when this all started, people were going around and they just weren't wearing the clothes that you thought you should wear because it turned out the trappings of society just no longer existed. And well, it seems that <laughs> might still be the case. I was watching this thing on uh, it's like on hypebeast.com, and I saw this <laughs> odd, odd, odd looking picture. And it on the internet on, on the World Wide Web, if you can believe that. In the uh, <laughs> the article headline was first of all, I hadn't heard of this fashion designer. It was like uh, Harry Krishnan's, uh, which is his name. So he's a famous designer, Harry Krishnan. Um, mm-hmm. He has this inflatable trousers, is what they call them. 
and it's sort of caught <laughs> viral. And I'm having difficulty describing this, so I'm going to take my best shot. It would basically be like a long balloon on each leg, and they inflate out so they're super, super, super wide. It would be like Popeye's arms after he had spinach kind of thing. They just sort of grow out and so like inflate. hammer pants, but hammer pants that have been that have been inflated. Yeah, but the difference. Yeah, you could kind of. They are tapered more at the ankle, and um, at you know they they thin out at the waist, but then they they uh, inflate out on each leg where you're almost like wearing a balloon on each leg. It looks very unusual. Uh, you know, what I want to know is how this man walks. <laughs> um, he must kind of waddle. I would assume he kind of waddles very wide, um, like like a very wide type walk, maybe like Stone Cold Steve Austin would do or something like that. But uh, it's yeah, it's pretty unusual. Uh, and, and I don't know if you've had a chance to see these um, and if you did what you would think of them. But this is definitely not. I'm looking at him now, and I feel like we're we're. It's like just uh, another take on Weeble Wobble Land, mm -hmm. but for your, but for your legs. Also, I'm like, if I if I flew a 737-8, could I inflate these and save my life? You could float. I bet sure. I bet you could float if you went down in the water. Uh, you could probably <laughs> upside down. But that's the problem. I was just about to say that is. Uh, your legs would be uh, floating along, but you'd be upside down and drowning at the same time. So I just... <laughs> Well, that's consistent for this year. Yeah. I tell you, fashion on trend. Uh -huh. Well done. Well done, Hare Krishna. Well done. Yeah. yeah, let's hope they tested their edge cases with that and made sure that uh, float. It, it just doesn't uh, cross the check mark for floating. It actually might drown you. Oh, you know what's hilarious? Okay, so I pulled up the picture, and not only do they have a striped pair that reminds me of a circus balloon, <laughs> uh, you can actually see the the inflation point on the back of the, it's on the back of your knees. Yes, I'm looking so, right at it, yeah. Yes, but the funny part to me is like, what if you're wearing them, then deflate? And you'd be like, hey, pal, do me a solid. Inflate my pants. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's exactly what it'd be. It would be like zipping up a dress in the back, but instead you'd have to have someone come up with like a little like basketball type thing. It's like you're inflating a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> inflate the pants up so it looks like he's got you know like he's like quadzilla walking around so yeah. you know what why not why not wear inflatable pants as i i mentioned yesterday my daughter dressed up in her cow outfit and she was a cow all day and if my daughter can be a cow you too can be anything you want to be with your inflatable clown balloon pants i just i i, I I'm, I'm all for that you can wear whatever you want i'm just not quite sure what I can say this actually is where you could say you can be whatever you want. I'm not sure what that is. It's just, you can be stylish. Bob. Stylish. You can be stylish. stylish. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stylish. I'm not stylish though. Yeah. <laughs> I know we already discussed your, your million and one stitch fix boxes that contain button up. Uh -huh. sure. The same thing pretty much over and over again. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bland. Okay, so that was that caught my eye. I thought that was kind of interesting. Is your life beige, Bob? Totally, totally. I actually used that phrase a couple times in the last couple of days. <laughs> it's becoming one of my go-tos. So, if anyone's in the market for something uh, fashionable and fashion-forward, and uh, this idea of inflatable pants is um, 
something that you think sounds good. The uh, designer is Harry Krishnan, and you can find it on hypebeast.com. Um, so next thing I saw, um, you know, we were a few weeks ago when we were talking about various, you know, um, uh, toad, venomous toads, and, and we uh, mm. talked about the Nacho Vidal candle and lighting the venomous co- toads and all this other kind of thing. And the venomous toads actually were putting venom over their bodies as a way to detract predators. I saw an interesting article where the title was Study Confirms That Painting Eyes on Cow Butts Helps Ward Off Predators. And at first I started just like chuckling like, oh, this is some – ridiculous article but then as i started to dig into it it was actually kind of interesting and uh kind of clever so the general idea is that there's uh cattle herds out in uh the delta region of botswana they're uh plagued by attacks by lions and other predators so you know my thoughts were you know in the united states we have an abundance of cows that roam around but there's really no predators for cows and i thought well if there were, they really have, are completely unable to defend themselves. They're pretty slow, and they're, they're a large target. They can't really escape. And this has been a problem out in that area of the world. And they're... Okay, you say this, but I'm sorry. I read an article this week about some wild, like, uh, some wild, like, bison, like, trying to, like, toss a woman who is attempting to domesticate one of the babies. So... Um, while the <laughs> while we don't have predators, we do have uh, tourists who yeah. insist on trying to touch the animals. <laughs> that, hey, if only we could paint eyeballs on their bodies. Yeah, right. um, well, that 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 was their that was their solution. So, I mean, it, out in that part of the world, their, their existing solution. This is kind of sad. Is if a lion was to kill a cow, what mm-hmm. they typically will do is they call it retaliation killing. So they will kill the lion and multiple lion and oh. leave them out. So as a way yeah. to so that the lions will not, um, you know, uh, continue and, and, and kill their kill their livestock. So mm-hmm. um, there was a guy by the name of Neil Jordan, and he was a conservation biologist. And he came up with this idea several years ago. So what he was doing, he was doing field work in that in that area out in Botswana. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, mm-hmm. where he did notice that um, while he was in the field is that lions are um, what they would they call ambush predators. So what that would essentially mean is if a lion saw that their prey made eye contact with them or that the lion mm-hmm. realized that they were spotted by their prey, they would back off because their natural instinct is to ambush them from behind or from the side so uh-huh. he, he um you know this is the exact opposite of how it works when you're on the club scene out here <laughs> out here if you're a lady and you make eye contact with some dude he takes it as a sign to ambush you uh, that's, okay. so, <laughs> so so uh what, what what could you do maybe you could paint over your eyes instead <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say you could paint a butt over your eye but that probably wouldn't work either <laughs> If only I could put a butt on my face. Oh, well. I don't think that'll work either. Talk about your all-time backfires. But um, in in this particular uh, case, I was like, huh, all right, kind of interesting. And um, there were some other cases where they would paint eyes and and wings on certain birds. But anyway, long story short, 
he comes up with the idea of let's paint some eyes on the butts of these cows. And they did some uh, some studies where they would leave them out. Uh, they would take a, a subset of their of their herd. They would paint um, eyeballs on the back and then they would track to see who survived over a certain period of time. And what they started to notice was none of the cows that had the, the butts, their eyeballs painted on their butt were, were, were killed where some of the others were. Then they increased the sample size, increased the sample size. And the trend is significant. It is, you know, uh, mathematically significant. So this seems to be uh, working. Uh, and this is good all around. It's a low cost. It's a non-lethal approach. It's not like retaliation killing of the lions and they're having uh, population problems with, with, uh, with lions anyway. So all of this is gravy. So I thought this was a silly sounding article, but it actually was pretty clever and kind of neat. So I thought, thought I would share that one. Well, the moment I figure out how to extrapolate these results and to be generalizable into my own life, I'll let you know. I, I, well, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Good luck with it. <laughs> I'm not, uh, we'll I'm not trying to, to change the world here. I'm trying to entertain myself when I'm going through <laughs> some of these things. Uh, now, um, I, I had another article um, that was interesting. Uh, maybe I should have led into this right after the, uh, the, the inflatable pants because this is we can't all be winners we can't all be winners and share share reminded me because <laughs> this right. is a fashion article uh although not for people um there is a website called most expensive thing.com and on most expensive thing.com i saw uh an article that says guinea pig armor in the United States goes for $24,300. And what somebody actually was doing as part of an auction, uh, constructed full knight's armor for a guinea pig. You should see it has got like a little steel helmet. It has got like Aww. little steel it armor. It looks very Game of Thrones. It does. He's like a little Game of Thrones guinea pig. He does. He looks pretty tough, pretty intimidating in this picture. Um, I don't know about you, but I think it's pretty, pretty intimidating looking thing. Yeah. If I run into this guinea pig late at night, like scrounging for, for cheese mm -hmm. or whatever, yeah. I'm, I'm letting him have it. He can have the good. He up. is a force to be reckoned with. Just look at him. His little whiskers. And... <laughs> <laughs> and this is nice. It's not just like chain mail. It's like, oh, no. you know, he's got a nice helmet, yeah. uh, covers his neck pretty well by all appearances, um, this is some good business. This is like here. night night nightwear, you know. If, if he were knighted, <laughs> he's looking sharp. Skinny pig is looking sharp in his uh, in his armor. So I thought that one was was kind of interesting. Um, That's very sweet. I, I love this. I love this description. Is your guinea pig tired of wandering around the house unarmored and vulnerable? Do they get picked on by other guinea pigs? Has your guinea pig ever wanted to go with you to a renaissance fair but had nothing to wear? Oh, this guy has the solution for you. Yep. Yeah, this guinea pig is definitely going to be the baddest guinea pig on the block with, the, with this, <laughs> with this uh, expensive looking armor. So very, very cool. Um, and then I, two more that I, that I saw. I want to um, cover this one I thought was interesting. So... Out in um, Switzerland, what uh -huh. residents of an industrial area out there called uh, Alten, which is in northwestern Switzerland, 
Uh, they started report. I like how you say that. Like, I actually know what the rest of Switzerland is like. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. But <laughs> trying to paint a picture that I guess doesn't land for anybody. But <laughs> you know, the northernish part yeah. to the right. <laughs> well, this part does at least, if it's not beautiful, is probably somewhat delicious because what they've seen is uh, chocolate has been raining from the sky in this town. And their residents have been saying, hey, there's this there's this chocolate powder that they've seen dusting cars, dusting the ground. And they were This is a very optimistic. You're telling me small brown particulate matter is manifesting from the sky. That's exactly what, it, that's exactly what <laughs> and I'm we're saying. Like, oh, must be chocolate. Well, I mean, it's like a Dora the Explorer episode. I... That volcano is erupting. <laughs> What's it erupting? bouncy balls i'm hoping it was the aroma that sort of tipped them off and that people weren't just licking random brown residue floating in the air to see what it was <laughs> really hoping they had more sense and that the aroma kind of led them there but it it they they did crack the case there was a uh, a chocolate factory uh basically had an issue uh, there was a malfunction in its cooling and ventilation system, and there was a oh. cocoa like roasting line in this factory, and it caused this powdered cocoa to be released into the air. The wind caught it and uh, has sort of dispersed yeah. it throughout the area. So it literally is, uh, you know, chocolate rain. <laughs> You know, there you go, Switzerland, showing the rest of the world how it's meant to be yeah, done. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Chocolate rain out there. Pretty good. <laughs> That's lovely. I, I have to admit, I would probably think I was losing my mind, uh, you know, because it's one thing to believe that, that uh, brown particulate matter is falling from the sky, but then to be like, is this chocolate? The only clear answer is that you've gone nuts. <laughs> I would my my first thought would be oh my god it's like asbestos or something is floating in the air. <laughs> well, happy ending there. It is chocolate yes. cocoa. No no uh, no final answer as to what they're going to do about it. But uh, people have been walking around joking, uh, walking around outside. They were uh, with bowls of milk and cereal, and they're trying to catch some of the the chocolate powder. Uh, to, uh, to enjoy. Yeah, I thought so. so I thought so. And for the grand finale, uh, this one caught my Ooh, grand eye as well. Uh, and this was a Vice article. And the, mm -hmm. uh, the title is Gun Enthusiasts Celebrate the Man Who Shot Himself in the Balls as Their King. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I had never heard of this before, but there is a uh, Facebook group of people um i guess they're they're gun enthusiasts and they are i have no other way to describe it taking loaded guns and they're pointing them at their junk and <laughs> taking pictures of it and posting it i don't know okay wait i must interject bob do you remember way back when you had this article about a man who uh, had to go to the hospital because he had put like a, a mouse or a computer cable into his junk. Yes. And then I said something along the lines of, well, I get it. As bored as people are getting during this pandemic, I'm sure we're going to find all kinds of things being put in place. Yes. So <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they said to that guy who I guess had a, an accident, uh, hold your horses. We'll take it from here. 
and they've gone right to firearms and they are taking pictures of loaded weapons pointing at their junk. And uh, I guess it was inevitable that somebody was going to make the mistake of having the, the gun go off. And it did. And apparently this guy shot himself in the balls and he, he, uh, <laughs> he, he went to the hospital. Uh, he turned out he was okay. Actually. I mean, to his credit, I don't, this guy's kind of badass. He kind of went to work. He went to work the next day. No, 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 not to his credit. No, Bob, <laughs> we're not going there. Come on. Oh, this is like that Simpsons episode where Homer buys a gun and starts using it to like turn off the lights and close doors by shooting them. Right. There's no credit given. He managed to shoot himself through and through the nutsack and survive. He did. Okay. He did. He actually, he actually went to work the next day. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Okay, there's a whole section of this article talking about how trigger discipline is a basic gun safety measure where you're not even supposed to put your finger on the trigger yeah. until you're ready to shoot. And 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 these people are deliberately like pointing guns at the yeah. God. Is there is there a synonym for nutsack? I, I don't even. Bob, synonyms? I could say some scrote. And and just doing it to irritate like other people and and so, you know, I get it. They're tired of having the man on their back. They're they're tired of irresponsible gun owners like ruining their fun and and much like they say when you look the devil in the eyes you become a devil or something like that now they themselves have become their own example of terrible gun owners yeah I, I guess I I I think you're a hundred percent right on everything you said basically obviously no safety at the at the time or or considered um it was was i guess a, an act of flaunting and hubris this actually reminds me of the incident that I mentioned in uh the show Tiger King, where a guy was pointing a loaded gun at his head and um as an act of hubris and ended up shooting himself in the head so um i don't I don't get it I don't know why you would be um doing something like this this stunt uh but yeah be careful be careful <laughs> i mean the only nice thing about this article <laughs> the only nice thing is that um i think that they just had uh here we go the reason we're called this is from the the facebook the admin of the group says the reason we are calling him king is partially because the poor guy already shot himself don't think he needs to be chastised as well. I'm sure he's learned his lesson without the entire world calling him an idiot. Yeah, yeah. And, That's... and, and, and uh, for, for context, uh, the idea about uh, King is they made him an administrator of this Facebook group of people taking pictures of guns pointing at their junk. <laughs> Loaded guns. At least they could do, I guess. <laughs> Well, I, I applaud their entry into the Darwin Awards and their effort to remove themselves from the gene pool. Um, well done. Yeah, they're, we, they're, they're, yeah. they're in first place right now from what I've seen. <laughs> they are in first place. I know the year is only half over. we still got plenty of time to go, but they're the leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Every day, another miracle. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's all I got when it comes to news items this week. Oh, that's a lot. Uh, I only feel that our failure was in, in coming up with a, a lack of, of synonyms. Um, yeah, I, you yeah. know, 
Uh, there's, there's. It's like I don't have the computer at uh, at my fingertips, and uh, there's a limited see. limited number of go tos, I think, for that. <laughs> yeah, everything up here I'm finding is boring mm -hmm. here. You know, yeah, nothing, nothing really interesting. Oh, that's a family shame. jewels. I right. didn't say family jewels. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, not interesting. Yeah. All right, well, on to on to other things. On to other things. Oh, Bob, do you know what time it is? Yep, let's go. Let's go. Okay, so this is the um, slightly more serious question I had from last week, which we didn't have time for, but I have it here today. I feel it kind of fits the the weird, interesting, semi-serious vibe of today's show, and this one comes from Dear Prudence. Uh, by Danny Lavery. Are you ready, Bob? Yeah, I'm ready. <clears throat> All right. Notebook? Yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Pen? In hand. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dear Prudence, I had a small socially distant party for my birthday. It was supposed to be just my brother, roommate, boyfriend, and me. But my brother brought his new girlfriend, Emily, and her small son without asking. Our apartment is on a busy street and our yard is not fenced in. It wasn't fun. We had to keep an eye on the kid so he wouldn't run off the patio. Emily was more interested in our beer than anything else. Well, okay. All right. All right. So far, so good. All right. I think I got it. So far, so, so good. So far, so good. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> My roommate got me an expensive cake. She was handing out slices when Emily pushed over and tried to take a huge slice for her son. I stopped Emily and told her to take a smaller slice since the cake was very rich. Then I put the rest of the cake back in the fridge. I told my brother he needed to get a handle on the situation, but he just told me to chill. When they left, only my brother said goodbye to us. Ugh, can't imagine why. Mm. Um, anyway, then my boyfriend looked in the fridge and noticed my cake was gone. I was pissed off and ran after my brother. They were still in the parking lot trying to buckle up the kid. I went up to Emily and demanded she give me back my cake. First, she said she didn't know what I was talking about. Then I saw the cake box on the back seat and told my brother to give it back. Hmm. Emily swore I had given it to her because cake is for kids. I called her a liar. My boyfriend and roommate followed me out. and My roommate went around the car and opened the door to grab the cake. Emily tried to stop her. The cake ended up on the ground. The kids started crying. Emily started swearing. Everyone went home mad. Oh, boy. Emily. <laughs> right? Quite the party. <laughs> yes. How to have fun on a budget. Okay. <laughs> oh. Emily claims it was an accident, but I believe my roommate. And she says Emily knocked it out of her hands. I want nothing to do with Emily ever again, and I'm angry at my brother for bringing this witch and trying to defend her. Everyone in our family is appalled by what happened. I told him when Emily apologizes and replaces my cake from the same bakery, then I will forgive her. He got angry at me because it was a $50 cake from the city. He told me I was being petty and unreasonable, and it was just cake. I don't care. My birthday was ruined. This is the first time Emily met anyone in our family and she got drunk and stole from me. This is a red flag if ever there was one. I don't think I'm out of line. Wow. That's 
Okay. Uh, so I, not, not to be picky, but what, what's the question here? <laughs> well, that's the, uh, that's the interesting thing, right? And that's part of the, the trickiness of yeah. this. That's the entire letter okay. that was submitted all right, so, for advice. Columns. All right, got it. So I will, uh, I will make some assumptions here on, my, um, on, on what the question actually is. I assume that it's basically on um, – the relationship between so all right let me let me make sure i have everything correct here because uh the, the the roommate and the brother and things like that are a little bit confusing to me but here's what i did gather from that okay birthday party uh small gathering yes um a yes. new girlfriend i guess is this the first time they're meeting girlfriend's name is emily is that the idea yes. okay and that's the brother of the person who's having the birthday right so he's, they're coming, <laughs> yes. okay. they're coming to celebrate birthday girl's brother. Okay. Birthday girl's yes. brother. So they're coming, uh, for the birthday girl's brother. And it was the birthday girl's boyfriend who believes Emily stole the cake, right? Did anyone see her? Obviously they know she did because they saw it in the car, right? They, they went out to the mm -hmm. car and the, uh, the cake was in fact in the car, but let me even take a step back. So, okay. One, um, was so Emily came was she invited or not so the birthday girl did not invite Emily but she invited her brother okay. who brought oh yeah Emily course. and son Un yes. understood okay understood okay so they they brought uh, Emily and the son and they had an expensive cake from the city they said from the city Ooh. right yeah, and fancy cake. so the first thing that kind of struck my um ear was that they were concerned that Emily took too big a piece. Was that the thing? Yes. Okay. So Yes. All right. So we she tried to take a big piece of cake. All right. So we have a couple things going on here uh <laughs> where I'm gonna be siding with different people at different points in the timeline, I think. Um Okay. I okay. So I my person. I wish I could have a drawing of yeah, this. Yeah, my Go oh, ahead. so I'm drawing I'm drawing this out right now. I literally have a timeline going from left to right, and and uh, at, at at the state of when certain things happen. So Emily is attempting to take a piece of cake that the birthday girl uh, deemed as too large. Now, from my point of view, if somebody is coming over, if I'm inviting people over to a party. I am not mm -hmm. going to nickel and dime mentally uh, people as to who's taking too big a piece, et cetera. I just think that's kind of, you know, it's, it's rules of hospitality. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a party, you know, I want to be inviting and welcoming and um, mm -hmm. I'll make sure that there's enough cake for everybody. I'm not going to be mm -hmm. eyeballing uh, the size of the cake. Now, uh, well, but she didn't invite Emily or her son. She did. Is this yeah, so that's interesting. But she did let them into the house, right? I mean, um, yes. at the okay. So you feel rules of hospitality were invoked at that? Yeah, at that time. yeah, I do. I mean, um, if somebody brought an uninvited guest, uh, if that is a major problem, you could um, let them know up. Front, that that's a problem for some whatever reason that might be i don't know if it's you know i mm -hmm. but as soon as you kind of invite them in they're a guest right that's the way i that's yep. the way i kind of look at it that's the way miss manners would look at it too so you're definitely on the right okay. like i think even dear abby said once just put more water in the soup and serve it without saying it, yeah it's something like that yeah i mean I, I i i i think it's a bad sign that they were 
uh, noticing in the first place the size of uh, the, the, the piece of cake. I, I think that just means that, um, you know, maybe she was, you know, just taken aback and a little bit irritated with the brother for bringing the girlfriend and, and her, her, her uh, son in the first place. Um, but I just, just not the way I would roll, you know, as soon if, if, if I would invite somebody over, they were in, I would want them to feel welcome and, you know, have at it, have as much, mm -hmm. have as much cake as you want. Okay. With that being said, yeah. the, uh, taking the remaining cake out of the refrigerator and leaving with it, if, yes. if you are not given permission to do so is weird and it did sound like she got pretty drunk the uh the the new girlfriend right? yeah so she, that's the heavy implication yeah that she got drunk and took the cake now if it were me i would never go out and confront somebody and make a scene for them taking the cake i would not do that um so mm -hmm. i just don't think that would be the right thing to do i would probably like call the brother after the fact and be like what the hell uh, mm -hmm. what, what's going on here. And if I were missing the, um, you know, the, the leftover cake from the city, I would probably go and get myself another one. That's just what I would do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't cause a scene with that being said. Uh, yeah, I would never, if I were her, take, uh, the remaining, you know, cake or leftovers out of somebody's refrigerator and make a beeline to my car and try and jack their cake. So I think both of them are kind of outer limits on this. Uh, I've never been in a situation like this, so I don't know necessarily how I would handle it, but I think I would just kind of let them go with the cake and be like, okay, that was weird, and kind of kind of look at it like that. Um, well, I definitely hear what, what you believe should have happened. And generally speaking, I agree with you, right? Because if uh, you're about to get down and dirty and start throwing cake in front of a, a small child, yeah. I mean... What kind of person are yeah. you? What kind of world are you living in, right? Yeah, I mean, but... they're probably scaring the kid and, um, you know, it's... it's it's And entertaining the neighbors at this rate. Well, yeah, the neighbors uh -huh. the neighbors got a free show, I guess. That was probably interesting. <laughs> um, but that being said, that's what she should have done. That's not what she did. Not what she did. And what it's, it's not like the girlfriend is, is, is uh, you know... Uh, Miss Manners either with uh, with with her behavior. So what now? I guess. Um, and since there was no question, I think the question would probably be a simple "What now?" Okay. So obviously, this Emily has uh, made a really bad first impression. Uh, they're basically saying that they're demanding an apology before they speak to Emily again or invite her over. Uh, and cake. And cake. I, I mean, I guess frankly, they're probably uh, in the. Um, they're within their rights to do that if they don't want to have them uh, over as guests anymore because of her basically getting a drunk, getting drunk and making a scene and stealing cake and all of that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, yeah, I guess they are perfectly within their uh, within their right to do that. I mean, um, you know, if I were Emily, I would probably uh, make a make a call and apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassed. I probably had too much uh, to drink, et cetera. And if I were the person, uh, the, the birthday, birthday girl, I would uh, understand that and give somebody another another shot. You know, it's like uh -huh. 
Yeah, but let's reality check here. We're not all reasonable Bob who enjoys cheese of the month. <laughs> we are insane woman who tried to shove women, shove like her, her, her brother's girlfriend away from the cake and caused a scene in front what? of a child and uh, dragged a roommate into it as well. Yeah. We're actually insane birthday girl. And something tells me that insane birthday girl isn't going to settle for no. a yeah. an honest apology. Yeah. And hey, maybe I was nervous about meeting my boyfriend's family for the first time because I have a small child and sometimes people judge me yeah. and I had some fear. And I'm sorry, I was a mistake. Like, I don't think that's going to cut it. $50 cake from the city or not. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think... Uh, just based off of the text and, uh, and the way it's written is it seems like she is uh, the birthday girl uh, seems mm -hmm. I agree with you is somebody that can get pretty worked up and um, is not going to be the easiest person in the world to um, let this slide over. Um, so if I were Emily, um, the only advice I could give to Emily as her friend is probably exactly the situation that you've painted i would probably uh sort of coax her along basically say as a you know do you think she was nervous do you think this that or the other you know i'm, I'm kind of a peacemaker you know i'm kind of that's just kind of yeah. the way i operate um and if that's just not going to go anywhere basically um they're gonna have to avoid each other they're gonna have to avoid each other i'm with you you know because it's like i i look at this and i don't want to give advice the birthday cake girl yeah i don't think she wants advice i think she wants validation and i'd rather say something to emily along those lines as well make the apology and if she doesn't take the apology then you know now you've just got uh, someone like okay so here's the story so there's somebody i have a relative and i have a relative who has a who wound up dating a person who the rest of the family felt was uh, a little a little questionable for whatever judgmental reasons you might like to add mm -hmm. and he my uncle brought this person over to um family gathering and there was food that was served and uh you know, I know normally we try to keep these things unrecognizable, but what I'm about to say, if anyone ever hears it, it's probably going to know who I'm talking about. Please forgive me, but I feel it's relevant. Um, after the gathering, uh, they went home and my mother discovered that they had brought their own Tupperware and had made gigantic take-home Tupperware servings of the food and left with them. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. And uh, kind of similar, right? It, it is similar. Uh, it's very similar to this. Um, yeah, it's 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 almost exact, frankly. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the interesting thing is, uh, I was like, well, you never know why a person might do such a thing. I mean, there are many reasons a person might want to take a Tupperware of food, you know. And what I always feel is when stuff like this happens, is I'm always like, well, maybe somebody needs it more than I yeah. do. And uh, I think my, my mother kind of went along with that attitude. But the interesting thing is the behavior persists. And uh, my uncle uh, actually married this person. And so, but the good news is everybody still gets together for family gatherings. So, so, you know. so at the end of the day, it kind of blew over. It's just kind of like an expected behavior that someone might think is a little odd or irritating, but it's not. 
you know, um, anything that does damage on the relationship. Is that yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm kind of saying. So, you know, I know this, this like example sounds kind of nuts, but I think there's a lesson here. Not, not my uncle, but I mean, this whole cake thing. Uh, to me, I, I think the thing is, don't be the birthday girl. Yeah. Don't be crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I think so too. I mean, and, and I think maybe this, you know, I'm a little biased in the tone because I, I look at, um, you know, I look at things sequentially because I, th- you know, cause and effect, I think is, is common, you know, in these types of relationships. Mm-hmm. And when somebody paints a picture for me of a story and they're sort of complaining about somebody or something, I like to uh, ask a few questions about, okay, you know, a little bit earlier in the timeline. So what I'm seeing right away in the timeline is she's monitoring how much cake she's eating. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think, well, if she's really drunk, it's possible that she's feeling watched, you know, and nervous because, you know, the, the birthday girl is obviously uh, my, my, my hunch or guess would be um, she was a little bit thrown off that, that she showed up sort of unexpected, um, let her into the party, even though she really didn't want to, and then was kind of giving her the stink eye the whole time, you know what I mean? That's, that's, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's possible. Um, and you know the thing you just when, when you went through that the one thing I I don't see addressed anywhere in here really is actually the brother. This yeah. is what I find very interesting is that the brother would think that this is the scenario to introduce his girlfriend and and his girlfriend's son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, together. Right. Um, it's to me that's kind of wacky and I think just displays maybe. Uh, there could have been a little more thought on, on behalf of the brother because, yeah. yeah. And at least maybe given her a heads up, you know, uh, and that would have been better for both Emily and the, and the birthday girl. I keep calling her the birthday girl because I don't know her name, but um, yeah. it probably would have been good to um, not just uh, drop that into her lap because it, you know, could, could be a problem. And also, uh, didn't he notice that the cake was coming out to the car when they were leaving? So... Um, I, yes, right. There's that whole mini mystery of how that cake actually got out to the car yeah. in itself, because, you know, there's only like there's very few options, right? Because that cake made it to the car. The birthday girl didn't give her the cake and the roommate allegedly didn't give the cake. And that only leaves Emily and the brother. And I'm sure they right? left together and I'm sure the brother probably knew. And there's probably a good chance the brother was like, yeah, it's probably fine, you know? Um, yes you know and and uh and it turned out not to be fine so yeah this is an interesting question i mean i don't have a firm answer as to what i would say i mean i guess i'm just sort of summed that up as to uh what i think would be the next steps for the parties involved but um yeah well there's no firm question no firm question no firm question no firm question in fact the the signature on this is cake tug of war mm. which i find humorous because it seems to imply that the real thing that the the author of the letter identifies with is what happened to her cake yeah well weird. she's definitely obsessing about it i mean the, the words that she's using from the city uh 50 cake too large of a piece i, I frankly i if i knew her in real life i would just want to buy her a cake and be like be done with it you know um yes now i do have a quick question for you that's sort of uh related because you you painted the picture about the uh the tupperware and taking the um uh the things after Mm. i have an interesting uh thing um it's sort of the inverse i was always 
thrown off by this, uh, where I would have a, um, uh, a holiday with uh, an, an extended family. And what they would do is, you know, people were bringing different dishes. They would bring their, their dish, their contribution uh, to the host, you know, that was, um, you know, hosting, hosting the, the family dinner. And what they would do is they would take away the uh, remaining leftovers and take it home with them which they were the only people that did that. And I thought that was a little unusual. That went through me off a little that bit. They would bring their own supper. They would bring their own like potluck dish and then bring their leftover potluck. Home? Yeah, that's right. I thought that was normal. No, I mean, not normal? I, I, no, I, so this would be like a Thanksgiving dinner. And if somebody made like the, whatever it was, I forget what the exact dish was. They would, yeah, maybe you make the pie or something. Yeah. Something right? like or that. What is it? Some of those, this weird, like, marshmallow topped uh sweet potatoes like the american tendency to put sugar on top of your vegetables and declare that to be a... i've never had that I, I know exactly what you're talking about i've seen that and i'm always right? like why would you put marshmallows on sweet potatoes um, a- anyway mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's good i don't know but the uh, uh, that's the gist is somebody would make a dish like that they would bring it uh to the to the meal um everybody else might have brought something and everybody else what they brought, whatever was left over, they would just leave with the host, and one group took away the uh, the other dish. I mean, it was no issue; nobody thought anything of it. But I just kind of noticed only one group did that, and I'm I'm like, what's normal? <laughs> I don't know what other people uh, do. I always thought it was normal for people. And so this is a this is fascinating, actually. It's fascinating to me. I don't know how our, how our listeners feel about this because I I wasn't aware. Well, I like customs. I, thought, I like I like customs and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just find it interesting. Yeah, I, I've always felt like um, it was actually well within the bounds of propriety to take home the thing that you brought, mainly because you don't want to overburden your hosts with a huge amount of leftovers. Ah, that makes because sense. Right. After Thanksgiving, I mean, there's always so much turkey, so much potato, so much sugar covered vegetables. Um, I have always been at a Thanksgiving where I was encouraged to make a take home plate uh, and, and bring it home myself. So uh, that, that's the kind of meals that I've been to just because of the sheer abundance of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is, and so there is a I, lot. I was, there's an awful lot. Yeah, just because there's so much. So I always thought it was okay to take home your, your own food. Um, of course, I'm always willing to, to leave it if people, I mean, I do have checked in occasionally and, and been like, you know, I was just going to take this back unless you want to keep it. And usually the hosts are real happy to have, you know, uh, people, if they, at most, they'll say, oh, leave me a slice or two, right, you know, yeah, but yeah. usually I wind up taking, taking it all back. So that's interesting. Yeah. So people leave their food at other people's houses. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's one of those things. I was like, what exactly <laughs> is the right thing to do here? Because um <clears throat> I normally if I'm doing any kind of holiday, like I've done them myself where I've sort of hosted and I've never actually brought something to somebody else that was hosting, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, oh no, that's prefer? a lie. No, hold on, I did. I totally did, but it all um it didn't survive. <laughs> it didn't survive the uh Ah, that's the optimal outcome, yeah, right? You bring something and all you take home is an empty plate. Yeah, that's what it was. Because I'm like, that can't be possible. I've done that before, but it didn't survive a meal. That's why. That makes sense. Okay. Well, what do you prefer then? If you're hosting and everyone brings over uh, a bunch of everything, how would you like to handle it? I, I, I completely don't care. I'm one of those, you know, whatever whatever people want to do. You know, I, I, I'm one of those like... Uh, 
in any uh, situation in life, if it's like up to me or the other person getting the <laughs> thing, whatever the thing is, I will um, rather them take the thing. <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Across the board. So everyone can take their own cake. Nobody needs to fight. No. No cake on the floor. Don't cry. Not. Over the I am not. Cake. I am not going to monitor how much cake people take. I'm not going to follow them out to their car no. if I suspect they took some with them. No cake princess. No. No. No cake stocking. No cake king. No. No cake. Uh, okay. All right. I'm done. Well, that was funny. <laughs> I. I. Uh, that. That might have. That must have been quite the scene. Oh man, I just, I can't, I, I, I read that. I had so many thoughts about uh, the cake tug of war person and, and, and most of them were judgmental. I must say. I just wish there was video. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I wish there was video. <laughs> uh, well then good to know. Um, God, cake is, cake is for everyone, is. people. Cake is for it everyone. It is meant to be shared that's you that's exactly right cake is meant to be shared it's um i think the older colloquialism that i read once in the secret garden by francis uh, hodges what have you is that the world is like an orange there's you know there's a piece for everybody and as soon as you learn that the whole orange isn't yours the the better off you'll be and uh, cakes are kind of like that. They're meant to be shared, you know. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, an, an informative and, uh, and clarifying episode. Thank you, Bob. Thank you very much. This is fun. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, ding yeah, dong. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. I will talk to you next time. <laughs> bye. Right, bye. Baby, we